Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, friends. Welcome to Equipped to Be. We've got an important conversation to have today on the show. I've got a guest, retired Detective Richard Wistocki. He is part of the Cybercrime Unit. He has gone on to form several training courses for parents and kids. And our focus today is going to be on how to keep your children safe online from predators. He's been in law enforcement for over 30 years, and he has dedicated the last 22 years of his life trying to educate kids and parents, coaches, teachers on what happens, how our kids are targeted, and what we can do to protect our children. And you do not want to miss any of it. So stay tuned for this episode of Equipped to Be. Friends, like you heard in the bio earlier, I am really thrilled to be able to bring you Rich Wasaki. It's exciting because I met him at a conference I was speaking in in Arizona, and I was so taken and impressed by his commitment to helping parents uh, raise their children. And I would say more importantly, keeping your kids safe online with devices, with cyberbullying. He has dedicated his life, or at least the last 20 some years of his life to technology and cyberbullying. And so today, He has joined me on the program, and we're going to dive into some of these important topics. As you know, if you've listened to some of the other shows, uh, I've really started diving deeper into this because it, frankly, it's gotten worse and it'll continue to get worse, but we have to understand what we're facing and what we can do about it. And Rich is going to help us unpack some of the things that we can do and things we need to look for. So friends, welcome Rich to the program. Rich, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Connie. Thanks for having me. I'm, I look forward to this. So you've got a background in law enforcement for 30 years. And somewhere along the line, along the way, you kind of turned to the world of technology, digital safety. You started seeing what was happening. Can you talk for a moment about, you know, you were in law enforcement and this progression or change that has brought you to where you are today? Sure. So I spent 30 years in law enforcement. 28 of those years was at the Naperville, Illinois Police Department which is the fourth largest city in Illinois. We're 30 miles uh, west of Chicago. Um, Very progressive community, about uh, 200,000 people live there. And so um, we were part of the community. So I spent four and a half years in patrol. Uh, 1995, I became a SWAT operator and a SWAT sniper. And then then became a detective in the uh, youth crimes division. And my job there was to not only make children and minors responsible for their actions, but also to protect them. So in 1998, we had a subject come from Brentwood, Tennessee, all the way up to Naperville, pick a uh, 13-year-old the corner of her block, take her to a hotel, and let her go back home. So she proceeded to tell her parents what happened, and they brought her to the police department. So I was in juvenile uh, investigation, so it would be my case. And for your listeners, uh, I don't know what your demographic is, but he met her on this thing called America Online. 
Hmm. You know, like some young parents don't know what AOL is or what it was and all, all that other stuff. So it just goes to show you the trends. Even when I, you know, I teach 4,000 police officers how to investigate internet crime now. And uh, they don't even know what AOL is and where it all started. So we didn't know what an IP was, what uh, geolocation metadata was. We didn't know any of that stuff. So what we did is that we took over her account and we became her. Uh And uh, when we became her, uh, six months later, he came up and did it again. And so it just goes to show you that predators go where the kids are, right? And as new apps come out, TikTok, Discord, Oculus, that's where the predators go. So the biggest problem is that here's the stat for you and your audience. Mm -hmm. One internet predator, Connie, can have 250 victims in their lifetime. 250. So odds are, if anything happens to a child, there are 10 or 20 other kids it's happening to all at the same time. At the same time? At the same time. Mm. And here's why that stat is so big. There's two reasons for that. Mm -hmm. Parents suffer from a deadly disease called the NMK syndrome, not my kid. When we go, I teach about 300,000 students and parents every year across the country. Mm -hmm. And when we do the parent presentation, less than 1% of the student body's parents will show up. That's just staggering to me. Less than 1%. Yes. Wow. Because they say to themselves, not my kid. My kid so well, they would never be involved with that. Now, the second reason is because that stat is so high. Police officers across the country work really, really hard, really hard at not taking a report. So, this is a joke I tell when I'm teaching my cops and and I say, How many of you need to work with some of those? And they all raise their hands. And the reason why police officers, and, and we saw this most recently of a video of a ring doorbell camera that went viral from Columbus, Ohio, where a dad found that his 11-year-old daughter has been sextorted for pictures. Mm. And when that untrained officer comes to the house, she says, well, you know, if we take this report, we're going to have to arrest your daughter for taking the pictures. And he goes, she's 11. She goes, doesn't matter. She's taking the pictures. No, some adult male is making her take the pictures. Doesn't matter. She could still be arrested. And that is so That's terrifying. It's common. Mm. And the reason why it's common, Connie, is that we do not train our officers on how to take a cybercrime report. So in Illinois, uh, that's my hobby is I write new legislation. Mm -hmm. And so right now I'm involved in writing the new cyberbullying harassment statute. And um, it's, it's really important that we we follow technology. I'll give you an example. So in Illinois, the, the state law says making any comment, request, suggestion, or proposal that is obscene with the intent to offend. So therefore, what are these kids are doing now? Why do you come to school? You're so ugly. That's their cyberbullying language now. That's not illegal in Illinois. Really? Because there's no, yeah, no. Is it just because Illinois? There, is there other states? No, that there's, that- there's, 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 there's many states like this. Mm. That that it is because there's no sexual bend to it, or it's not obscene. Uh-huh. It's not illegal, and therefore, I, my my officers can't get subpoenas, can't get search warrants because that act isn't illegal. That's just astounding to me, because you you train law enforcement, you're active in creating legislation. 
everything that you do is trying to protect these kids. You work for, with schools on gun violence and, and, and identifying a potential shooter. Uh, we talked about that uh, when we were together. You focus and teach parents how to talk to their kids about cyberbullying. You talk to kids. You, you speak in communities. So let's focus on technology. I love what you say when you say technology moves forward each day. We see the digital world reach further into every aspect of our lives and the lives of our children. What do you mean by that? So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So just because the technology exists doesn't mean our children have to have it, right? So what, Connie, what are some of the things... Let's have a discussion about this. What are some of the things our parents told us as tweens or teens when we left the house? Make wise decisions. They'd say, make wise decisions. decisions. Don't talk to strangers. Don't do anything stupid. (laughs) I'm trying to think of all the things I even... surroundings. Yeah. Don't get near a stranger's car. Don't get in a stranger's car, God forbid. Yeah. And always be with someone. You know, don't go anywhere alone. Walk with a buddy, the buddy system, things like that. Right. Right. Well... So when I teach my parents, we all are in agreement. That's what our parents told us. And then I click my screen. Uh Then why are we allowing our kids to use Ubers and Lyfts? What did we do when we didn't have a ride? We didn't go. But parents today, because they want to use Uber and Lyfts, you don't know who's driving your child. I think some parents believe that Uber and Lyft, that these companies are running background checks, that these people have been vetted that they're a safe option. They can't have their kids ride their bike. They can't have their kids walk. Uh, they don't maybe don't want their children riding with another teenager for safety reasons. Have you found in, in what you've done that to be true as well, that it's just they're trying to keep it all together because parents are, they're working just to pay the bills extra. What is your thought on that? Yeah. So again, just because technology exists doesn't mean you have to use it, right? We have right. to go back to parenting and what is what is what are our priorities, right? Just because there's something out there to make it easier for parents. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are right. Uber and Lyft have fantastic security measures in place, but what they can't control is who's actually getting in the car and picking up that fare. That's amazing. I, you know, they I can't control it. I travel a lot for my job. I speak yeah. all over like you do, and there are many times I I will do an Uber and a Lyft. Now, I do check the license plate, and there have been a few times I've been uncomfortable, so I can't imagine what yes. a teen. But So when you talk about technology is just encroaching on our lives more and more, as it relates to, let's say, the gaming aspect or the technology with social media and as it relates to your comment that one, say perpetrator, one a bad actor can have up to 250 victims. I, that's mind-blowing to me. How does that work? How can they have that many? And how? what can parents do um, from the stance of technology that's coming in their home? Right. So so here's, um, when, if, if your audience Googled me and saw my TED Talk, right? Uh-huh. Um, here's my topic. We all know that you have to be 13 years of age in order to have a social network. Right. Okay. So then why do it when I teach fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, mm-hmm. the nine, 10, 11 year olds, how many guys got a Snapchat? Yeah. How many guys got Instagram? Yeah. How many guys got a TikTok? Yeah. And 80% of them raise their hand. And I'm like, wait a minute. You have to be 13. How could you guys be in there? Oh, you lied about your age. 
So I asked them, I said, how many of you whined and whined and whined to your parents mm. until they gave in and they gave you a TikTok? Everybody's doing made, it. All my friends uh, yeah, are I'll on get, it. I, I'll get like 10 or 20 kids raising their hands, right? Wow. I said, how many of you did it and you didn't even care what your parents thought? And the rest of them raised their hand. Oh. Then I said, and I tell them, I said, okay, no offense, but a lot of you are not the best mathematicians in the world, probably because of core math, but I digress. Um, <laughs> So what happens is they're like, okay, I'm just going to make my TikTok. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Okay. They put their name in, they put their email in, they put their phone number in. Oh, wait, I got to put my date of birth in. I know I got to be 13. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. Let me see if I can figure this out. I was born in 2012. Do I go up with my date of birth or do I go down my date of birth? Mm. And they're like, you know what? I'm not going to figure it out. Heck with it. I'm just going to put in 2000. That'll get me in. So then I ask everybody, how many of you put in 2000? 75% of those kids raised wow. their hand. Wow. 75%. How old are they today, Connie? If they're putting in a date of birth. 23 years old. 23. 23. Wow. Yes. So now, who do you think is going to come talk to them? Adults. Thinking they're speaking think to is, adults. They're trying to look. Yeah. Yes. Young women. Yes. Who do you young think? Men. Who do you, yep, yep. Who do you think is going to send them inappropriate pictures and videos? Adults. Who do you think is going to ask them to make their nudes and send them out? Adults, because they're 23. So the fact of the matter is, again, parents don't realize this. They don't realize the the underworkings of what their kids are doing. So what happens is it's not that we have bad kids, Connie. It's that what your how your child sets themselves up, even innocently, allows predators in the door. Now, the next thing you have to worry about is this. Mm -hmm. When I start my presentations, I come off as this uh, cocky, know-it-all cop, okay? Uh And and I say, okay, now I'm about to say something to you parents right now that may offend you, that make you want to get up and leave this presentation. And I tell them, I don't really care, but you need to know the truth. Uh, I don't have a chief anymore, so I can say whatever I want, and I already got paid. So uh, here it goes. All of you parents here tonight are responsible for your children. There, I said it, and you all heard it. And so now everybody laughs, right? So it's true. You're not only responsible for your, your child's food, clothing, shelter, and education. You are responsible for their technology as well. I don't care if Nana, no new Tia, to you, Grandma, Grandpa bought them that new iPhone 14 for their birthday, they don't own it. In every state, you own nothing until you're 18. Nothing. And parents are responsible for that. The second thing they have to understand is that there is no such thing as privacy for children. None. And I have a lot of social workers disagreeing with me, psychiatrists disagreeing with me, but they haven't arrested 300 internet predators like I have. I know what's really going on and how predators use the system Mm -hmm. to get to children, right? So the reason why I say there's no such thing as privacy, it's a proven medical fact that the frontal cortex of a child's decision-making brain is not developed enough to handle what goes on on social media, especially when they're out there as a 23-year-old, okay? So we cannot expect our children to be to transverse the internet and gaming unscathed because they're setting themselves up for failure. Number three, 
the biggest mistake and the common denominator amongst all the case amongst all the predators that I've ever wrestled where it was a real child and not me mm-hmm. or, or my team was that I had a parent allowing their child to charge their devices in their rooms at night. When you allow your child to charge their devices in the rooms at night, they're sleeping. You're sleeping. They shut the door so you can't hear them. There's no need to talk. It's typing, reading, and performing. And this is where predators get into their kid's bedroom and they can have their own way with your child. And I know so many of my listeners, that's true. I'm, I, you know, it's they, the children, they beg, they whine, they wear their parents down in many instances. And it, ta- it takes a stuff, uh, a really hard, strong constitution to be able to stand to your tween teen and say, no, these are the rules. This is what we're doing. And this is, these are areas we're not going to compromise yes. on. So when yes. you say uh, these kids are putting in uh, that, you know, that they were born in 2020, so they're 23 years old and they're really um, eight, nine, 10, maybe 13, right. maybe 14, but they can't, they don't put their birth date in because you know, parents probably have told them not to put in certain information like their social security number, which most kids don't know by memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. They do know their birth date, but, you know, parents have given them some basic, you know, don't share where you live, don't share, you know, things like that. How do they get to the point where our kids are exchanging pictures? So uh, predators are very patient and they go where the kids are. So um, the biggest predator sites right now are Fortnite. Minecraft, Roblox, and Discord. Those are the four big ones. Now, Discord, let's just start with Discord. Okay. Okay. So uh, about six years ago, Discord came on the scene and Mm -hmm. and they had a marketing decision to make. What it it really is, it it is a, a chat platform for gamers. That's what it is. Okay. So you as a parent, when we were growing up in technology, when technology started to evolve with the AOL and the Yahoo, what was the most dangerous place you could go where your schools, the media, and law enforcement told you never to go there because it was a dangerous place? Chat rooms were very dangerous because you didn't know who you were talking to. If you click on the link, they can take over your, your computer. They can open up your webcam. You know, it was dangerous. So don't go there. So Discord knew if they would call it Gamer chat rooms is what they were doing. Because when a parent would ask their kid right now, hey, what's this Discord thing you're going into? Oh, it's a chat room for gamers. What would a parent say? Oh, heck no. Nope, you're not going into a chat room. That's it. So when you ask kids now, what are you developing and creating in Discord? You know what they'll say? I'm creating my own server. So when the adults are in the room in my classes, I'll say, what do you guys know at work? What's the server room? Well, it's a place that only IT people go. There's a bunch of computers in there and only smart people go in there. I would never go in there. So now when you ask your child, what's this Discord thing you're going into? Oh, I'm making my own server, mom. My kid is so smart. You go, boy. Mm. And they fool the parents. So now let's go to let's go to these games. Fortnite, Roblox, and Minecraft. Roblox is probably the biggest one. And they now have chat rooms inside Roblox. So here's what I tell my kids. Let's say you come home after school. You don't want to do your homework. You don't want to start your chores. You just want to decompress from a full day of school. Mm-hmm. And you go on you go on Minecraft, let's say. When you go on Minecraft, you meet someone on there and you're making, you know, killer kingdoms, underground lava flows and, and waterfalls. And you're having a really good time with your new friend. After about two months, 
for two hours every day after school, your friend now says, hey, let's go over to Discord and DM, or let's go over to WhatsApp and talk. Here's what, this is the first red flag for my children that I teach. If someone takes you off your gaming platform to go to private chat, they are not who they say they are. Because if they had something okay to say, they would say it right on the game. Mm -hmm. Why do I have to go to private chat? Here's why they do, this is why predators do this. They are very patient. They will play games with numerous kids at the same time. And when they think they got their confidence, they will say, hey, let's go to WhatsApp. Let's go to Discord. So the National Center, the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children uh, has an AI program that runs in every social network, gaming platform, and cloud service in the United States. And for my listeners, hold on just a second. For my listeners, everybody's heard about AI. That's artificial intelligence. And that's the what you hear about with chat, GBT, and all those different programs that uh, I know many of you have heard about and you probably have a strong opinion about. But I just wanted to clarify what those AI running in the background means. Yes. So the AI is actually run by the companies and there's a direct connection. So what they're looking for is two things. They're looking for grooming chat between adults and children. And they're looking for the second thing they're looking for is CSAM. When that AI program reads or listens to that conversation on their platform, it flags Mm -hmm. some security agent from the company will read it. And if it violates their terms of service or laws, they will send all that information to the National Center Missing and Exploited Children. And the National Center will do a background. They'll geolocate the IP. And wherever the suspect is, they're going to sign that case to one of 5,000 people like myself in the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, or ICAC. Mm -hmm. So wherever it geolocates, they'll find an ICAC member, and we call this a cyber tip. So the cyber tip is then investigated by highly trained individuals from the ICAC. Now, I don't do ICAC cases anymore. What I do in my job is I recruit officers to show them what ICAC can do for them. And then I get them to sign up for the ICAC. So now what what happens is predators know that we do this. So if they can take your child off of the game to go to private chat, they have your child. So now let's say our kid is not listening to what we're saying in school, right? Mm -hmm. And they're definitely parents are not having that conversation with their kids. Because it's not my child, not my kid. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So then they take them off the gaming platform to private chat. And then here's what what it is 90% of the time. We've been friends for so long, two months, right? We've been friends for so long. Do you want to see what I really look like? And your kid says, I don't care. And then this this person that they've been friends with for so long sends them two or three pictures of themselves, but it's not them. Remember, they have 250 victims to choose pictures from that they got, Mm. and now they're catfishing your child. So when they send those pictures and videos to your child, here's the common denominator. Yeah, it's not even them. It's another victim. Now that they send the pictures, now you owe me one pick. And so I'll ask the kids, and when I when I teach them, how many of you have ever received a text, you owe me one pick? And I'll get 20 kids raising their hands. When anybody ever sends you, you owe me one pick, you are about to be a victim. So if we're not having mean, meaningful conversations with our children of technology, we'll get into that after this portion, mm-hmm. is that 
is that now they're like, huh, is that how it is? Well, I don't want to make them upset because we've been friends for so long, two months, so long. Well, there must be some internet law where I have to reciprocate with the same type of picture. And they send it. (laughs) Three days later, that friend they've known for so long says, hey, how do you like your new Instagram account I made for you with your name on it and all the other pictures I have of you? I'm going to send this to your entire school, your class, your family, if you don't make me videos every week. Mm. This and is so, disturbed. This is the part that I was just absolutely disturbed by because yes, how quick it, it is to earn the trust of a tween teen who yep. thinks, you know, they all want to be liked. They want to be, they want to be part of the conversation. They want friends and how easy it is for them to be ensnared. And then, so continue on. So then at that point, they have the you owe me one pick. They've created this false account and now they start to Sex demand. Yes, they start right. to. So now let, let's go back to the parent responsibility thing we talked about, right? And I ask kids, how many of your parents talk to you about your technology use like this? If you take bad pictures, if you talk to anybody you're not supposed to, if you tell anybody where we live, you're going to be grounded. I'm taking your phone away. You're not going to see the light of day and the doors are going to come out the hinges of your bedroom. If you ever do that, right? 80% of the kids raise their hand. Are you going to tell your parents? And they all in unison, Connie, say, absolutely not. No way am I going to tell my parents. Because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't. What right. I have found, and tell me if this is the same with what you've done, but my research, my research has shown that uh, one in nine, uh, you're saying two and two, I'm saying one in 10, and you're saying two in 10 will tell their parents. And the reason I find that they don't is they don't want their device taken away. They don't want to lose their friends. They don't want to be grounded. They don't want to disappoint their parents. I mean, how many Correct. times would they hear, I am so disappointed in you. You know Correct. better. Correct. And so are you finding that same type of response from the kids uh, when you talk to them as to why they don't tell their parents? It's exactly why. So I show parents Mm -hmm. in my parent presentations, whoever comes, Mm -hmm. uh, how to have a meaningful technology talk. And here's how this happens. So I I tell them I have this program called the Golden Ticket Roll. That you're going to sit down with your kids after this presentation and you say, hey, I know mom and dad said we're going to do this to you, we're going to do that to you, we're going to do this to you. We want you to throw that out the window. I want to explain to you what the golden ticket rule is. If someone makes you feel bad about yourself or tries to make you do something you know you shouldn't be doing, and let's say you even fell for it, Mm -hmm. you need to come to us because we're responsible for you and we're going to give you that golden ticket pass where we're not going to take your phone away. We're not going to ground you. We're not going to discipline you. We're not going to say that we're disappointed in you because you got duped and it's not your fault. But we're responsible for you and you need to come to us and we're going to give you that pass and there's going to be no consequences. Please understand that. Now, as parents, I tell them, it's not about the consequence as much as it's going to be about redefining their boundaries, right? So no devices in the rooms at night. Maybe you want to transfer, um, instead of giving them an iPhone, give them an Android. Um, and then you're going to put Bark in at Bark.us, which is the most the best software out there for, for kids and parents. And so uh, maybe you delete all their social networks where they say they're 23 and you redo their social networks with a new email. That's just redefining their boundaries, right? It's not really a consequence. 
And then the second thing with the golden ticket is I was involved in a documentary with Bark Mm -hmm. called Childhood 2.0. And Childhood 2.0, it's on YouTube. It's an hour and a half documentary motion picture. And there were people from the Bark team. There were law enforcement, prosecutors, clergy, psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors, pediatric doctors. We all gave our opinion per each segment. And it is what elementary junior high and high school students are doing behind their parents' backs. Mm. And so I show parents that that go home, watch Childhood 2.0 by yourself. When you watch it by yourself, if you think your child can handle the content, watch it with them and be prepared to pause it so you can have a meaningful discussion about this before something happens, right? But the appropriate way to watch this movie is to, when you pause it, don't be like, you're not doing this, are you? Mm. What do you think your kid's going to say? No, right? not me. Yeah, not my right. kid. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to pause it and mm-hmm. say, tell me what you know about this. I love that. So this is this is a meaningful technology discussion. So you can get all out in the open that your child knows that they can come to you without any consequence. And you're not going to down them. You're not going to. Because, again, so let me give you, let me give you another stat. I taught in 61 schools last year over 300,000 students and parents. I had 32 victims come to me after my presentation telling me that they were being victimized of this right now. I was in Southern Illinois, Mm -hmm. Southern rural, Southern farm County, Illinois. And I walked away. I did six presentations in three days and I had 16 victims. Wow. So Rich, I mean, this is, I I mean, just listening to this makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because it is so prevalent. We didn't even get to the cyberbullying because this was so important and and deep. But as I want to respect your time, I'd love for you to be on the program again and and talk about cyberbullying. But let me ask, because I want to wrap this up with some hope. Uh, It's it's troubling. It's it's everywhere. It's, it's not just any, it's not one certain socioeconomic segment of the population. It's not one. No, all, all across. I, I, I've been to rural Oregon. I left that school district with six victims. I, I am up to 16 victims this year. It's only the second month of school. So what we, we kind of talked about this earlier in the show and parents, if you have, I know you're listening, um, And this is going to be a great segue for you to have some conversations. Uh, You might be disturbed. You you might be very alarmed. Maybe you have allowed your kids to have phones and maybe you've given them unfettered access because you trust them because we want to trust our kids. We want to believe that they know better. They're going to, you know, we expect them to. I just want to say children don't always do what you expect they do what you inspect. So we, as much as we want to give them some in, they, we want to give them independence. We want to give them space. We do trust them, but we do have to monitor. We do have to enter in. We cannot just allow our kids to do whatever they want because uh, they want to, or their friends are begging them to, or all the reasons that they have given you. I, I completely understand where you are and how hard it is. You're busy. You're exhausted. You're just looking for some help because life is tough and navigating the tween, well, navigating parenting in general is just a tough calling, uh, but it's not impossible. So Rich, in the last uh, little bit, as we wrap this segment up, tell us 
What can parents do to help their kids not become a victim and build close relationships in the process? So there are several ways that they need to be trained. So uh, you can start out with watching uh, Childhood 2.0 on YouTube mm-hmm. and figure out what they're doing. You can, I have a online class that parents can take. Uh, it's called cyberparenting-101.com. They can watch my TED Talk. They can Google my name in YouTube. And some of my schools have recorded the presentation and put it on their website. So you can watch the presentation or you can watch it at your leisure. But most of all, parents need to monitor. Um, if they go to my website at besureconsulting.com, B-E-S-U-R-E consulting.com, uh, what they can do is uh, when you go to presentations and parents, uh, I have monitoring software on there that they can get free for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then all you got to do, uh, you go to schools, you go to monitoring software on my website, and um, you just put in the code be sure, and uh, you can get the uh, software for 30 days for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an amazing product called the Bark Phone, which is an Android. Mm-hmm. And you want to have total remote control of your child's technology, get the Bark Phone because what it does. You can make it a brick if you want, even if they stuck it back in their room and you have your settings as a parent. Now, you can have whatever phone you want. doesn't matter. It's the target phone that matters because Apple does not allow third-party monitoring your devices. Um, so that's one. Another one uh, that's really important, if they're on Facebook, they can go to Parenting in a Tech World, and there are over 250,000 parents and technologists in that group. And they can just post the question that they have, and numerous people will answer it with the same answer usually. And just for you listeners, I know you're probably in the carpool line or you're busy uh, cooking dinner, and you you maybe are taking notes. Maybe you haven't. You're like, oh, I want to I want to remember this. I will have this listed in the show notes for you to be able to go over and find Rich and make sure that you uh, be sure consulting is going to be there. All the the links to help you navigate this season. And, you know, Rich, uh, you and I were talking and and I remember saying to you, it's got to be hard for you to see some of the stuff that that you see, heartbreaking, not just hard, but heartbreaking to see what what's happening to our kids. And I I just commend you for the dedication to fighting what's happening and what's happening to our kids, what's robbing their childhood. Uh, you know, technology is neutral. It's not that the technology is dangerous. It's what is done with technology that becomes dangerous to our kids. And I know some parents are like, my kid's never going to get a device till they're like 18. And I've had, <laughs> I've had so many conversations. I speak on that topic and, you know, it's a real catch yeah. 22 because Rich, if they, if they don't have any training in the home while they're with their parents, then they tend to go berserk when they're 18 because they don't correct. know how to na- manage it all. Yeah, correct. When when I when parents when when parents come to my presentation, I say, do not go home after this presentation and say, that's it. You're done. <laughs> You're going to flip phone. Because in every school, Connie, yeah, there's one kid that sells old phones for five bucks. And if your kid will find a way, if you shut them down, better off you have a conversation with them, put monitoring software in so they can have a productive experience on social media. I love what you just said. If we're not training them, somebody else is. 
And right. I, I think we need to be ahead of this. I think uh, as hard as it might be, as daunting as it is, yes, we want to trust our children. And some of your children, they're never going to click where they're not supposed to go. They're just, they're, they're of that bend and wiring. But some of your children will be able to just let me see. Let me check it out. Let me, let me see if you're really telling me the truth. Or curiosity, you know, sometimes curiosity can kill the cat. Sure. And we don't want that to happen. So Rich, thank you so much for joining me You're on welcome. the Equip to Be program. And friends, again, I will have everything over at ConnieAubers.com. Uh, all the show notes will be there, the links to be able to find Rich and the courses that he offers. Um, thank you for the hard work that you do. Uh, we are so grateful and, and just for joining us and helping these parents as they navigate the seasons of parenting. Thanks so much, Connie. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equip to Be. If you enjoyed this show, Please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.